Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking and with my friend Bob and my friend Jim. And uh, Jim's uh, got his, oh, great. He's got his head on his daughter's body in the background anyway on the hammock. I, I, I could never figure out which way to turn my head because it yeah. turns anyway we we have my friend bob here who has star trek discovery background for our in search of which is uh wonderful <laughs> and we are doing the next in search of and last week we did bermuda triangle and i told you this week would be bigfoot and it is bigfoot and uh i i do think this is going to be an interesting one for you audio listeners because I was realizing as I'm watching this, there's a lot of grunting and grunting that you're going to get. And, uh, but, but it's, it, it's one of those that probably works better visually. So uh, you might want to come and check yeah, out. But a, that's okay because they have subtitles in the, in the video. Yeah. They have subtitles, so, so they'll be okay. That'll work well for our audio audience. Um, well, Bob, since you're the biggest uh, Bigfoot fan, what did you think of the episode overall? I thought it was a good episode. I mean, you, you see all the like original Bigfoot researchers like Rover France and uh, Peter Byrne also talks about the, the one piece of evidence that's still like the quintessential piece, which is the Patterson Gilman film, you know, with the Bigfoot everybody like imitates. Yes. The, the strange thing is Roger Patterson died in like the 70s and he didn't recant the story on his deathbed. Which is interesting. So he he did. So he did. No, he, no, he didn't. He died, and he so didn't, he I don't still, know if he did. Like going, ah, I love those suckers. I just pulled one over on them, but he didn't like take it back. It, it was interesting because Bob Bob Gimlin is actually still alive. In fact, you see him a lot on Bigfoot shows. Like he's like the expert because he's I don't know he's seen it Bigfoot I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, he, he has a degree in it from uh, Stanford. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> you know who was there because just he was like he's basically a he, he's spent time with horses his whole life, and so he was there mainly to search and take care of the horses. But he he's like in his eighties. So at some point, he's going to pass away. Interesting to see if he recants it. If he doesn't, then yeah. Anyway. I thought I thought it was well done, especially for that time period. Those those guys led on to like the newest generation, like Jeff Meldrum, seriously big into it. It still strikes me with this series, one that it's uh, now it's clearly that it's a half hour show or whatever twenty without commercials, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four minutes, and then how much they pack into each episode is pretty. Uh, I mean, the editing and the writing of this series is pretty impressive to, it would be hard to cover that much ground and, and do that good of a job as they seem to do. Um, and Nimoy is such a good narrator. I love to hear that man's voice. Jim, uh, what did you think of this episode? Or It's all a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's a believer. He's a doubter. You're a doubter. <laughs> I'm a doubter. Yes, I'm a doubter. Um, yeah, I mean, they, if, if, if Jim believed it, he wouldn't leave his daughter out there in the, in the wilderness on her hammock on her own. So he's trusting that, that there's no Bigfoot that's going to come and, and, it, and attack anyone. So yeah, he must be a doctor. That's right. No, I, Oops. I mean, it was, it was, it was a nice, um, nice to see 
kind of almost in a historical context what what they were doing because you know I remember those days and you know Bigfoot was big and 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 you know now you don't really hear much about Bigfoot you know occasionally you hear something here or there but but back in those times I mean all of those kinds of things UFOs pyramids Bigfoot all those things were really big yeah. you know back in back in the 70s and and um, so it's kind of nice to look back at kind of a time capsule of, of things that, you know, were thought about and questioned and investigated during that time. Yeah, because they were big even on the regular news media and, and all sorts of things that you would see little reports on them and things. Yeah, it was just in, in pop culture everywhere yeah. during, that, during that time. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of faded away since then. But during that time, a lot of that stuff was really big. Which is really strange because... I would think this time would be a huge resurgence. It's a suit. It's a yeah. guy. I, just, I would just think it would be a huge resurgence in that there's all kinds of people doing all kinds of different conspiracy sure. theories of various things that are catching a lot of people and sucking a lot of people in that you would think that somebody would, there would be huge Bigfoot. And there probably is way more. I mean, I, I'm certain, and I don't want to discredit him, but there's, there's people out there that have societies about Bigfoot that are on the internet and things and, and the Bermuda Triangle, UFOs and the whole thing. But it just doesn't seem to be grabbing, like Jim saying, the public as much as it used to be, uh, which is, like I say, strange with the internet. You would think it would be bigger than it is. Yeah, I think... Bob, go ahead. There's tons of, like, shows still, like... Um, there was Finding Bigfoot, which went like nine seasons, which is the BFRO. There's all these organizations out there that are searching Bigfoot on the internet. You can look BFRO, GF, GBFRO, a whole bunch of them. The, the BFRO guys had a show on for nine seasons where they were basically looking for Bigfoot. Did they, was, Bob, did they, uh, spoiler alert, did they find them? Did they find Bigfoot? Yeah, they got them. No, they got them. And that, and that was a new evidence. Right at the end of season nine, they they got they got him, and now uh, yeah, now you can come see him at at, at Disney World. And that was another show that's like called uh, Expedition Bigfoot, which I can't. I think I got to get Discovery Plus to watch the new episodes. They did two of the second season on just on uh, Travel Channel, and then it went. They've been replaying the first two, and they say streaming new episodes on Discovery Plus. So I haven't seen any new episodes, but they're. They have this algorithm that they put all this data into. It shows them where Bigfoot's going to be. And so they like bring their team into that area. So last season they were in Oregon and now they're. Did they, did they find him? They got like this bunch of thermal hits. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to mention. Those grunts that you're hearing, those are the Sierra sounds, which was a bunch of Bigfoot recordings, supposedly were done in the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Another like pretty famous piece of. Bigfoot lore. So there's a whole bunch of like, you don't hear it on like Channel 4 or ABC or there is a lots of Bigfoot like websites and shows going on still. In fact, I'm going looking for them after the podcast. Yeah. Well, um, the thing is, uh, you know, any of these subjects I, that we bring up, I mean, some of us are going to be experts on it and some of us are not going to be as big of experts and things. It's kind of cool with this in that Jim and I are such experts on this, and Bob, it's okay that you it's don't cool know quite as much about these things as we do, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I once thought I saw a Bigfoot in my backyard at night one time, it turned out to be a raccoon. 
<laughs> it was a big wreck. <laughs> no, it was four raccoons standing on each other's shoulders, is what it was. Yeah, it was a a a, a, a rouse or whatever you an R O U S. But I, no, I I find uh, these things about Bigfoot are always interesting. Certainly, when I was a kid watching this in the day, I really at that point it seemed relatively new i mean it seemed like in the last you know five or ten years they you'd heard the most about it or whatever it didn't think it was something from the 1930s or 1940s or something right so so it felt like oh this thing could actually still be alive and it could it, it might be just this one bigfoot that exists who knows and everybody's getting different shots of it or there might be a whole group of them and uh you know it, it seemed plausible and certainly to a you know 12 year old or something it, it seemed very plausible and uh so that that made it exciting it's just over the years it feels like i don't know it feels like somebody would have found more or whatever but uh, but on the other hand i haven't been following up on it like bob's been following up on it and things. apparently i have a 12 year old mind still yeah well no no i'm, I'm just no but bob my, my question i guess to you would be since this series came out i mean I've always seen essentially this footage and this information about Bigfoot. There's been no other like someone who's caught it on their phone or anything that has even better footage than this of Bigfoot or anything. Or uh, I'm just curious if, if there's been more footprints found that are better. Foot I mean, I don't know. Is the yeah, science on it like tons, better than it was? Of, tons of footprints, lots of video camera shots of people seeing it. The problem is, tell you put a, like the guys in the GFBRO, the, they're like hunting and that's their shtick. Like they got, they say, we got to put a body on the slab. It doesn't matter how many videotapes. Right. They found like the hundred, hundreds of tracks along this river. And one of the guys from Finding Bigfoot, I think went down and cast like 30 of them. Until you put a body like on the slab, I don't think people are going to, unless you're a sort of a believer, right? Right. And even I like sometimes go, God, a creature that big has got to like freaking have to eat 15 deer a day, right? An average adult male has to put down 2000 calories. You're like eight feet tall and have three foot wide shoulders. You gotta be sucking down 6,000 calories a day. You think it'd make a bigger footprint. Yeah. But I still like, there's so many people that actually see it. Uh huh. And you got circumstantial evidence, tracks, sightings, pieces of film that I think there may be something there, but no one's going to believe. I don't think the general public is going to believe until we have a yeah, body. Yeah, they actually capture one or something. Hopefully, don't well, capture it. Didn't they do hopefully, capture it and, and show us a live one and then let it go or whatever. But Didn't, didn't they do some videos or some commercials for Geico? <laughs> Wasn't that cavemen? <laughs> like, oh. I don't think that I was maybe they just, you know, they just shaved a little bit and stuff <laughs> before the show. Must be it. <laughs> well, they're so presentable. Well, there was that uh, Henderson's movie that they had a big yeah. foot on. It. In Henderson's, yeah, they started that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I, I really think, like I say, this is an enjoyable episode. I hope you all enjoy and enjoy watching it and listening to it. Um, all of these in search of are, are just fun documents of their time and 
and uh, whether you believe and want to watch further shows, it's great that, that Bob is saying there's so many shows out there you can watch nine seasons of something that's based, you know, essentially on this episode of In Search of and, and Taking It Further. Uh, I, I just think that's awesome. Uh, any last comments we have about this one or let it go? I guess we're going to let it go. So <laughs> enjoy Bigfoot and get out there. And uh, Bob would love you to capture it so that we know it's it's out there. And if, enough, alive, though. if enough of us go search the forest, somebody should find it or multiple people from my podcast will get lost in the forest and that would be bad. So don't blame me. <laughs> well, if there are if there are so few of them that that we haven't actually been able to capture one or have you know very clear evidence. Wait, wait, are you saying so few uh, Bigfoots or so few listeners to my podcast? Which <laughs> no, 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 the Bigfoot. So if there's so few of them, you have listeners. I'm not sure. So how 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 would they propagate the species? You know, I mean, you know, we we have. We see cougars and lots of evidence of cougars and, and bears and, you know, all the different animals and things that are out there in the woods, wolves and whatever. But we can see the evidence of them so that they can, you know, procreate and continue the species. But if Bigfoot is so few and far between, it's like, well, that was also the thing. Procreate. I think, well, first of all, you do see children, they do have signs of children and females. In fact, Patty. From passing Kim on film was actually a female. Um, but uh, <laughs> who figured that out? <laughs> yeah, obviously it's a female, can't you tell? Look at it. Um, did, they, did they zoom in or something? And go, well, oh, now, now, now you're gonna get in trouble for for the YouTube channel for having nudity and stuff, you know. I mean it's it just so but so, well, just keep your head in the right spot, Bob. You got to move your head. Keep your head like covering up all the bad spots. <laughs> I think that if it does exist, though, it's probably not just a dumb animal. Not, I don't say dumb animal, just an animal like a bear. Right. I think if it exists, it's got to be intelligent and just like it's a super adept and trying to avoid being seen or something. Right. Yeah, that's a stick. It doesn't want to be seen, so it. It's super adept in the forest and just gets away, tries not, it's best not to be seen. Like if it was just an ape, we definitely would see it. Maybe it's just- say, That makes it sound like the elf on the shelf, Bob. I, I'm not sure about if that's helping there. <laughs> Maybe there are some portals to the multiverse and it's actually from another universe and occasionally one slips through into our universe and, and gets- <laughs> I hate, I hate to say there are Bigfoot researchers that actually think that. Which yeah, means. see? See? There you go. See, it all ties back together. It's all... Also, also you got to remember, it doesn't just start in the in the 50s. I think the 70s is because of this film. This film really kicked it off. Yeah. In, in, in Indian lore, it goes back. I mean, they're like, the Indians think of it as just like an Indian creature. Huh. Well, in, in this episode, they, they talked about how, how they, they were thinking that maybe the Bigfoots came across the land bridge with the with the Native Americans. So when the Native Americans first came into into the Americas, it's like the Bigfoot came with them or something or another. And they, and they always think of yeah it was Gigantopithecus, which is a big ape, right? Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm just saying if it does exist, it's gotta be smart. Or smart enough to evade us. 
Right. right. Yeah. It's not just like some animal that's out in the forest that's just wanting to hide a little bit and not be seen by predators. It's like something would take more intelligence to right. play such a long game of hide and seek. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have your hide and seek shirt on for today. I think it's in a wash, so. Uh, <laughs> you wore it a week too early. I, I think wore it on last week or the week before. The only podcast available where we talk about Bob's laundry. Anyway. <laughs> On we go. Enjoy, enjoy the episode. We'll see you folks next time. <laughs> a giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. Indians call him Sasquatch. They believe he is as gentle as he is powerful and mysterious. He's been seen many times in the rugged mountains and deep woods of the Pacific Northwest. The encounters have not always been peaceful. In 1924, a small group of men were working a mine in a canyon near Mount St. Helens in Washington. One night, the miners took their weapons inside and bolted the door. They thought they were secure for the evening. Outside, something strange was happening. The cabin was under attack. Boulders rained on the roof, and someone, or something, was trying to break in. later described their attackers as large hairy apes. The siege lasted several hours. escaped injury that night. The area now known as Ape Canyon is one of the many places in the Northwest where man continues his hunt for this elusive creature we call Bigfoot. information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. To the Indians living along the Columbia River in Oregon and Washington, or those in Canada, there is no need for proof of Bigfoot. Sasquatch has been a part of Indian lore as long as they've inhabited this land. Some anthropologists believe that the creature could have come to the northwestern part of the United States along with the Indians, across a land bridge that once connected Siberia to Alaska. The newcomers to this country have seen Bigfoot in an area ranging from northern California to southwest British Columbia. To the Indian, Bigfoot carries a mystical significance. 
Sometimes it's difficult to tell where myth ends and reality begins. In our modern world of concrete and steel, we're far removed from the Indian lore of Bigfoot. It's hard to imagine any corner of our crowded world where a giant man-like creature could roam free. Yet there's persuasive evidence that Bigfoot is real and that urban man may be close to his first meeting with this living legend. It is felt by some scientists that Bigfoot falls somewhere in this progressive chart of man, a giant hominid related to but not like modern man. According to this theory, Bigfoot would have pursued a course of evolution separate but parallel to his human cousins. Dr. Grover Krantz is an anthropologist at Washington State University. Its locomotion is the human design, so we know it's probably our closest living relative. But uh, in terms of um, anything of uh, mental characteristics, no, it's not human. So it is a mixture of ape and human characteristics. And if you want to call that a missing link, that's fine. Now, this is a cast of a jawbone of something that I think is actually the uh, uh, Sasquatch. This is a jaw that's anatomically in between human and ape in its teeth, but it's uh, much larger than any living ape, much larger than a gorilla, for instance. These are known from fossils about a million years old in China, and it has been named Gigantopithecus. And it has approximately the characteristics that our Sasquatch has. So I'm inclined to think that this uh, species just simply is continuing today. The most convincing visual evidence of Bigfoot is a film taken by Roger Patterson in Northern California. Dr. Krantz believes it to be authentic. I've examined the film many times, uh, watching it forward, backwards, stop framed, measured, and everything. And all of the anatomy of the creature is perfectly consistent. <clears throat> it does, just simply does not fit with a man wearing a suit. In fact, a suit of that size, we can establish exactly how big it is. There's no way a man could fit into it. The shoulders and chest are simply too wide. The feet are um, properly designed for carrying that kind of body weight, and uh, that doesn't make any sense uh, unless you've got a body of that size. And Patterson uh, could not have faked any of this stuff. I talked to him about some of the things I saw, and he didn't even understand what I was talking about. Reports of Bigfoot sightings in the Northwest go all the way back to 1811. There have been some in other parts of the United States, but most have come in the area from Northern California to British Columbia. In 1882, a British Columbia newspaper published the story of railroad workers who saw and captured a creature they called Jacko. No one seems to know what happened to that creature, but the hunt for others has brought headlines all across the United States. There have been an estimated 2,000 reported sightings of Bigfoot. Half of those are considered fakes. The other half are very real, especially to those who live in this rugged country and who have seen with their very own eyes, seen something strange and sometimes frightening. I'd been down to my folks's and Cindy was with me, and we decided it's time to go home, and so we left. And... Lewis Alway and his daughter Cindy of Stevenson, Washington, returning home one night from visiting his parents, came across something they'd never seen before. Uh, it was about, oh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and Cindy was sleeping on the floor, or I mean on their seat, and I come around the corner there, and, and uh, there it was. 
It looked to me like he had just come over the top of the guardrail there. I woke her up just before, and she got to see it just before it ran the brush. And at first, I thought it was a bear. But when it took off across the road on its hind legs, I just, I just couldn't believe it. Now, I hunt and I fish and I see a lot of game all the time. And it, it looked like something that I'd never saw before. Three or four years ago, uh, we received a call in the uh, late part of the fall. Uh, the people who own this cabin back here said they'd found some tracks of what they thought was a large animal. And uh, we came out and investigated that. Back here by the tree, we found uh, several tracks that were real large, way larger than a human. I sure, uh, sure wonder about it. Sheriff William Klausner of Skamania County in Washington has investigated tracks and talked with eyewitnesses. He's seen too much to be totally skeptical. The most unique thing about what we've uh, learned from this is that the people who have either written or called, who have experienced the same kind of thing or had seen tracks, mention of uh, a strong sulfur smell, and that's uh, real unusual. As Sheriff Klausner says, the smell description is not unusual. James Strahan and Harold Teske recently saw something on the roadside near Colton, Oregon. And there was a big, huge uh, object on the left of the road, and I, I rolled the window down in the car, and uh, this thing was approximately three to a half, four feet wide, about six, seven foot tall. And the odor of this animal after I rolled the window down, it was so offensive that I couldn't remain there any longer. And I was scared, too. And I've, I've been around the mountains and around animals a lot, and this thing truly scared me. And uh, so I got out of there and, uh, and rolled the windows up in the car went on home. And uh, the odor of that animal stayed in that car until the next morning. It was still in there. One mile outside the Dalles, Oregon, several members of the Bigfoot Investigation Project and Information Center climbed to an observation point. They're led by Peter Byrne, 50-year-old adventurer and former big game hunter in Nepal. Byrne has dropped his rifle in favor of camera and binoculars. For five years, he's headed the Bigfoot Investigation Project and stalked these north woods, checking out every story and every set of tracks. His prey is elusive. We will talk to the person who says that they've seen one. Uh, we will talk to their family, perhaps to their employers or employees. Uh, we'll talk to the local police to see if they know them, to find out if the person is uh, simply a joker, a hoaxer of some kind, or if they're um, a person of reputation and, um, and of known integrity. And then we'll go and see the person, we'll interview them, and of course, we'll try and get to the place of the actual sighting as quickly as possible. One of the most credible sightings took place near Mount Hood, Oregon in 1974. Two loggers, Jack Cochran and Furman Osborne, were working in an area of fallen timber. Cochran explains what he saw. I looked off towards the woods and uh, I saw these two long legs moving at the edge of the timber. And as this thing walked, it walked with a glide, and then it reached an arm out 
and kind of touched the tree as it walked by. And I saw these wide shoulders, and then it just moved off down the hill. J.C. Rourke and I were up on that little hill there and setting chokers, and the cat came down to the land and he didn't come back, so we decided to walk out in the woods on the timber so we could be in the shade, and we heard this commotion there in the brush, and he saw this big monster going out through there. And I yelled for my buddy, I wanted him to see him, and I started running. I wanted to get a closer look at him, and we chased him over the ridge there, and at one time I was within 50 feet of him. Whatever Osborne chased through the woods left him far behind. Cochran, an amateur artist, tried to sketch what he saw. He was tall, long-legged, and hairy, very broad shoulders, and his head seemed to just spring up out of his shoulders, no neck. The arms were long, and uh, in more in proportion than a human. There is persuasive evidence that men may be closing in on Bigfoot. What will the hunters do if they find him? And we'll just smooth it out a little bit, make sure it runs into all the cracks and corners, and that's really all there is to it. Peter Byrne, professional Bigfoot investigator. Before doing this, Hundreds of unexplained footprints have been found in these woods. They receive close examination by the experts. This is a plaster cast of an actual footprint here, and it's um, a 13 and a half inch cast, and it has a number of peculiarities. One is the um, normal bulge behind the big toe or the hallocks, and then there's a second bulge, and this is peculiar to all of the footprints that we have seen. Um, nobody really knows what causes this second bulge. Perhaps it's a, a muscle of some kind to support the enormous weight. This is a cast of an individual that's very obviously crippled. And um, I studied this uh, some length and found these two bulges on the outside of the foot. Anatomically, they have to correspond to a couple of gaps in the bones on the foot themselves. And the, the bulges in a normal human foot expanded to this size would have been here, but they're shifted forward. Well, anatomically, this means that the ankle weight is shifted somewhat forward. It's not just a gigantic human foot. It's uh, the leverage has been redesigned. And this happens to be redesigned just exactly the way it would have to be for a 800-pound uh, animal. So if the idea of the, that this was faked by somebody isn't uh, quite so simple. If it was faked, it was uh, done by a, a human anatomist who was a real genius, and he had to have laid out thousands of these fakes all over the place, and that uh, just simply becomes impossible. Among the, the fakery that we have seen is a piece of film made in 1970 by a man in northern Washington. At first, it looked very good. It was um, a man in a fur suit, of course. Uh, the particular man tried to sell it to us for $25,000, and um, he told us that the creature in this movie was eight foot six inches in height. But when we found the area, we were able to do our own measurements. And uh, we saw that the creature in the first suit, or the man in the first suit, was a little under six feet in height. This is, I think, is a good example of the kind of fakery that we have encountered uh, through the years. Throughout the Northwest, there are hundreds of men hunting for Bigfoot. Don Peterson, Jack Sullivan, and James Huskin have searched for several years. They believe the hunt will end with a bullet. Well, I think eventually somebody's going to bring one in. It's the only way. Uh, pictures aren't going to be enough, because there's been film taken of these 
of one of these creatures anyway. And it's in dispute. Like Jim said, if we uh, take a bunch of pictures, they're going to be under dispute. And if you can shoot one animal, you might be able to save the rest of them from everybody else from shooting them too. And that sets up a conflict among Bigfoot hunters. It doesn't have to be killed to prove it exists. Through the centuries, the mighty Columbia River separating Washington and Oregon has cut a deep gorge on its way to the Pacific Ocean. It is a big, rugged, beautiful land where man holds a deep respect for nature. In Stevenson, Washington, they passed an ordinance setting a $10,000 fine or five years in jail for killing a Bigfoot. The people living in this country have a special relationship to the woods. They depend on the land for their survival. They may not totally believe in Bigfoot, but they believe in the possibility. And they don't want it killed, at least not in their county. District Attorney Robert Leake. We didn't feel that if there was such an animal that the animal had ever harmed anybody or that it had done anything to deserve to be shot or captured. We need a piece of the body. Nothing else will be accepted. I think that there are many other ways of proving the existence of something other than killing that particular thing that you're trying to prove exists. My preference would be to locate a hunter who has shot and killed one, and perhaps because he thought he killed a valuable animal or a peculiar human, he might not have said anything about it. But if he would uh, come forward, um, perhaps we could examine the place where he killed it, and we might find a few bones, and then the whole thing is settled right there. If we don't find such an old kill, then the only alternative remaining is to kill one now. And uh, grisly as that sounds, uh, I think that is probably what we'll have to do. I would uh, strongly urge the doctor to reconsider that, especially if he thinks he's going to do it in this county, because we would enforce the ordinance. Why add more controversy to something that's already controversial? Though what we have to have is, is a, a specimen for scientific identification. I think it would be morally wrong. I see no reason. In fact, I talked to a small boy, a schoolboy recently, and he said some people say shoot one to prove that they're there. And then he said supposing they won, that the one they shoot uh, is the last one. Well, my answer to that is uh, if they become extinct, uh, uh, so what? If they're not proven, it doesn't make any difference. We have a lot of animals that became extinct in the past, and there's nothing we can do about it. And if, we, if this animal remains unaccepted, uh, who cares if it becomes extinct? They're obviously rare. There are not very many of them. And as we see them, um, they could be a hominid form. It could be a man. To shoot one would be totally wrong. And um, we are totally opposed uh, to this philosophy. While men ponder the dilemma, to kill or not to kill, many Indians wonder why this preoccupation with proving Bigfoot exists. To the Indian, there is no doubt. Many, like Mrs. Joe Washington, see the hunt for Bigfoot just another intrusion into their sacred past. You'll never be able to, you might say, civilize them like the white man done to us. He's somebody that belongs in the area that he chooses to live in. And if someone did bring him down, He'd never adapt to your way or even mine because his way of life is entirely different from 
ours, mine and yours. And I always felt so bad when I hear of Sasquatch hunters that say they're going to photograph this man, or most of them refer to him as an animal. And from the stories and things that I was taught by my people, that he is not an animal, he's not a savage, he's a gentle being that just goes about his own way, collecting his own food, clothing, and lives where he chooses. ingenuity and machinery continues to stalk this creature, a creature described by the Indians as a gentle being, wanting to live in peace in his own habitat, a creature some scientists believe is a link to centuries long past. The gorilla is mentioned in, in Greek mythology going back hundreds and hundreds of years, and yet it was not discovered until the late 18th century, and the subspecies, the mountain gorilla, was not identified until early 1900. And um, there are other examples. The fossil fish that was discovered in the Indian Ocean only a few years ago, believed to be extinct uh, for 80 million years. This is the coelacanth, and now it's known to still live off the coast of Africa. Is that the case with Bigfoot? Is this creature really a relative of the Gigantopithecus, a primate that lived over one million years ago in China? The land lends itself to hide such a creature, there is food for it to survive. It does not need man. But it may have to die at the hands of man to prove to him that there is such a thing called Bigfoot. If we assume that Bigfoot is real and that men are closing in on this seemingly gentle monster, then we must prepare for that first meeting. To have eluded us for so long, Bigfoot must understand men very well. The burden will be on us to understand him. Bigfoot may well be waiting for some sign that we're ready. <laughs> 